You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing good, man. Uh, the last nine months or nine days since we recorded our episode have been, have been a whirlwind. Dude. It's been 900 years since episodes. the last time we recorded an episode. These episodes remind you of your drug days because you totally <laughs> lose track of time when you're actually producing an episode. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's like podcasting's an anti-drug. Anyway, <laughs> joining us down in Texas, in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, bud? I am looking forward to, on this episode, talking about, you know, some of the reasons that I'm so proud to always be able to report back on the politics and sociology of the great state of Texas. I've got some, I've got some really uplifting stories for you guys this week. All I've heard is that all my exes live in Texas, so I'm looking for some, <laughs> I'm looking for some good news from my state of birth. And bringing us good news in the form of another great guest, Matt, why don't you let the audience know who we've got on the line this week? You bet. I mean, this is our, it's the inaugural episode for our junior St. Louis correspondent, Alex, who you probably know on Twitter better as, what are you on Twitter, Alex? I am, and I hate saying it out loud because it's one of those things that six years ago made me laugh once, but <laughs> I am shitshow.info on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Oh, shitshow.info, who, <laughs> man, you're you're killing it on Twitter all the time. We're so glad to have you on the show. Yeah, man. Welcome. Thank you. It's uh, awesome to be here. This is the first podcast I've ever been on, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous that I'm just going to say something us. terrible. One and, of uh, us. Right. Have it taken completely out of context, well, and I'll just be like that guy that fucked up on that podcast that one time. So, if that happens, <laughs> um, you know, luckily it'll be with you guys. Well, <laughs> we appreciate having you know sharing your first, but you do have some big <laughs> shoes to fill because the uh, senior St. Louis correspondent, fifty percent of the episodes he's recorded with us have featured live gunfire in the background right. so not saying not saying that you've got big shoes to fill but we're expecting we're expecting big things yeah, you gotta he's, bring the heat seriously you gotta bring that st louis fire he's okay though i mean audience don't worry about d black he'll be back with yes us. It's, shout uh, out shout out to d black we love you we know you'll be back on the show too <laughs> so um yeah what do we got this week do we got any highlights here any previews before we jump in or all kinds of things seem to be happening. It's like a fire hydrant full of information. But Well, there's a, yeah, there's no, a bunch this week, right? I mean, I, I had a couple of articles from Texas that I want to go through, including ice being ice again. But also, I mean, the Not being I cool. mean the JFK files drop. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, that's dropping like a hot mic or something. Oh, so. yeah. Ted Cruz's dad did it all. Oh, <laughs> secrets I, revealed. I can't wait we to all get knew into the, truth. the inevitability of that Cuban immigrant. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we got a lot to go over. So uh, without further ado, why don't we just jump right in? <laughs> so now you take that to say, if I ever met with a Russian, I've not been candid with the committee and I reject that. Senator Sass. General, thanks for being here. Uh, there was some drama there. Sorry to have added to the drama and distracted you for a minute. I was paying enough attention there that I dumped a Dr. Pepper on Senator Cruz. So that's what was uh, distracting us on this side of the dais. Yeah. So what do you want to kick it off with? 
Yeah. Matt, Matt, do what, what you seem like you actually have something to talk about. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So on the topic of uh, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz in the news. Did, did you guys see <laughs> the, news? the Twitter exchange between him and Ben Sass where somebody oh, talked yeah. about oh. Ben Sass making a joke that Ted Cruz's dad yes. assassinated JFK and then Ted Cruz shoots back with <laughs> a screenshot of the Zodiac killer. Uh, like one of the letters he sent to the police, cryptic messages. Yes, mm. yeah, man. Ted Cruz is is so is so hashtag resistance now. He's out there liking porn. Dude. He's just making Twitter <laughs> jokes. He's about making jokes Ted Cruz about freaking death and serial murder. <laughs> right, which is like it's so crazy because like. Even on the left, I have to be like, that was actually a pretty good one, Ted Cruz. <laughs> Seriously. Whereas if anybody did that, you know, on the on the left, the right would be like, look at this guy. Like, he's pro serial killer. Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, but honestly, I think the reality is, is once you've worked in a call center for raising money for Donald Trump, you don't mind making jokes about murder. I mean, that's he knows what it's like to seriously be you know, a late stage capitalist youth right now. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to give it to Cruz, but just not when he's filibustering and reading Dr. Seuss and shit. Right. <laughs> so. Now, Ted Cruz's social media intern, come on liquid flannel. We would love to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Send us some gift strategies, some meme advice. We would love it. So wait, was it, was it Ted Cruz who liked the, the, like the incest porn on Twitter? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It absolutely, don't ever forget. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Dude, like the Alamo, there's some things you just don't forget. That is some great online redemption to go from that to the Zodiac killer thing. Yeah, dude, he's doing it. He's turning it around. I mean, dude, I didn't think he had it in him. drop a smoke screen, you know, that's yeah, how you he's do. learning that his life is already a meme and he's playing into right. it. I mean- yeah, I, I, and on one hand, yeah, it is hilarious. On the other hand, it's like, man, God. don't let this motherfucker get away with it. He's awful. What right. if, what if Ted Cruz just goes like full Pepe meme lord, and just is like, this is a huge voter demo right, right. now, you guys. Like, it's underserved. You know, I'm already the most hated man in politics. Like, why not? Like, what do I have to lose? I'm Ted Cruz, guys. I feel like it's almost half beating a dead horse, but. It keeps manifesting each week. We're so desensitized in this administration <laughs> that we literally are like war crime, dude. Oh, dude, he's adorable. He's ad endearing right now. You know, I'd love to go have a beer with George W. You know, I mean, if you're the kind of person that had any kind of like self-awareness, you would have to say, man, people actually loved these horrible people because of me. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's a kind of desensification that. I don't think anyone saw this shit coming. So, well, and Alex, I know that you've been talking about that a lot too. Uh, I mean, you spend a lot of time on Twitter doing uh, sort of the like the political media commentary, the in infotainment commentary. So, what's your take on this this rehabilitation of George W. Bush in even even among people on the left? Not all of them. A lot of them are are, are kind of aware of it and going like, uh, maybe we shouldn't let this happen. Uh, for me, it's really frustrating as someone who, like, the the moment that I remember being aware of politics was when George Bush launched the war in Iraq. And just, I remember, even as just like a little kid, I would think I was like 13 or 14 as the war started. And I just remember 
feeling like no one even even as like that little of a kid i was like where's my perspective in the media where's the person saying like this isn't good we shouldn't be doing this you know especially because even the new york times was kind of pushing for uh for war in iraq and to see george w bush get rehabilitated it feels like kind of a slap in the face to and i and i think uh other people from my generation kind of feel this way too where it's like dude george bush was like our first bad guy like that's the first time that we <laughs> right. were able to start criticizing yeah. u.s imperialism is is through george yep. w bush uh, and and obviously like trump is a very very bad person right. but you don't need to start praising george w bush to to criticize trump that that's right. kind of been my uh feelings about it right and the craziest thing is that they've totally flipped positions right where trump is out there saying like the iraq war was a huge right. mistake you know what i mean <laughs> right uh, i can't believe this guy and it's like well you know you're not wrong on that one trump like right you might be a horrible person but yeah the iraq war was terrible but like i'm sure the <laughs> the korean war and you know the nigeria war are going great though yeah you know <laughs> right. but people forget the war, Niger. the original war, we were already at war with Afghanistan, right? Where after September 11th, they were like, got to go to war with Afghanistan. Oh, you it's know, the get forever Os war. Osama. I mean, the, the war just turned, the war right. could get a driver's license this year. It, it just turned 16. Oh, for sure. I mean, there was like already years of war before the Iraq war even started. And he was right. just like, you know what? We need mm. another war. Like this war is not going so well. Pump like maybe the, the second war, war will do better. Oh. Uh, and it did. It didn't. Right. Uh, but the war in Afghanistan is still happening. Yeah. It is still going on to this day. Do, could you ever have imagined back in the day when we went to war in Afghanistan and then we went to war in Iraq that, Literally 20 years later, almost now, it's still happening. Well, you know what my man Biggie said? War money, war problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of more problems, too, and uh, you used to be that George H.W. Bush was like, he was the good Bush president. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't as bad as, as you know, G.W. Bush starting all those wars, you know. Bad enough to not get a, another term. Of of the two Bushes that we had, you'd prefer H.W. and not W. But he hasn't really had a good week either. No, <laughs> yeah, like a week ago, he was, uh, it was brought to light that he groped one of his, like, medical workers or something, or somebody that was, like, pushing his wheelchair or some shit, and he Grabbed Isn't that such a cliche, though? I mean, like, oh, absolutely. Is George, are they keeping George H.W. Bush in like a 1970s body, like hospital, you know, where like all the <laughs> old like, men are like literal the, candy the pretty young nurses right. as they go by? In his mind, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. Right. They're all making like double entendres to each other. Well, he probably thinks that since it's hospital staff, he and... referred to himself. As quote David Copperfield. Is that what the joke was? That yes, he said? that's what he said. Oh my goodness! He was Guys. like, "I'm David Copperfield." This dude is the this dude is the president in the middle of like when the Republicans are trying to be like you know Democrats. They're all sexual assaulters that out there. David Copperfield is that like the uh, the disappearing credibility act or something that he does? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, now you see it, now you don't. <laughs> Isn't it possible to believe that? That both of the parties have 
serial sexual assaulters. I mean, well, of course, I, I I can't believe this has become a team sport. Well, dude, and since we're on sexual assault watch, uh, also this week, this last week was Mark Mark Halperin of was NBC. Oh, the game change guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's taking some time off from his network uh, deal to uh, right. But the difference is the difference is when that comes out, this dude's like on the like left leaning network MSNBC. Wait. They're immediately like fire this guy. But on the right, you know, Bill O'Reilly, they're like paying twenty million dollars and then being like, please, but please sign this four year extension contract I, or right. whatever. I don't want to necessarily say that Mark Halperin is on the left. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, good call. I, I, I remember. I remember not having a job for a little while and watching a lot of daytime news, like 24-hour news, and just remember hearing things from this dude's face that made me think, I don't know about you, dude. But he made uh, he wrote a book that said like Sarah Palin like wasn't that great of a candidate or whatever. Oh, dude. And so of course then he he's must biased. be leading the left right <laughs> yeah, now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> dude, they're like, are you my daddy? Not a lot of good there. I was just gonna say I. Go ahead. I think Mark Halpern is either before my time or I just like didn't I, I wasn't aware of him. But kind of the weird thing that I saw with with how this story broke was that people seemed like a little bit too happy to find out. They were like, oh, I knew something was up with this guy. And <laughs> I don't know that that kind of commentary always kind of I'm like. Something I I can't articulate why that feels weird, but it, it, there's something weird about somebody being like, "Up, oh, I had a feeling this guy was uh, sexually assaulting." Well, and that's what we've seen through this whole thing, right? This this idea that uh, I it's it's like the broken stair theory, where like everybody know everybody who hangs out in the house all the time knows that one of those stairs is broken, and you kind of walk around it and you kind of warn friends about it. But you don't ever speak out and go like, hey, maybe we should fix the broken stair. And it seems like that's what's going on with so much of these stories that like right. the Harvey Weinstein thing was like, yeah, everybody knew that he was a fucking creep for decades and nobody ever actually like came out and did anything about it. That seems Dude. like the that's that's the definition of the problem here. Well, why did the why did the Terry Richardson in thing break because I thought everybody knew that Terry Richardson was a giant fucking creep and like abused women, right? And then all of a sudden that rebroke uh, this week too. Yeah, that that re that was, dude. I didn't even know who the hell Terry Richardson was until this week. I mean, it's right. like the, we're we're in a stage now for me, and it's because I just didn't pay attention to entertainment, I guess, growing up. But like, we're in a stage now where. I'm learning who the hell someone even was as I'm hearing about their sexual abuse allegations right. or something. You well, know? right. And it's like what's coming out now is like people are like, oh, yeah, this guy sexually abused me like all, all the time. Or like this guy's always like being like inappropriate and then being like he's previously faced accusations in 2012, 2007, 2003. It's like, right. uh, it's like his player's card right. or whatever. Before, before the show, I was talking with Chuck and. I made a joke about our audio equipment always having static on it, and I made a joke about the movie Powder. And <laughs> oh, God. That is a, that's a crazy movie from 1995 starring <laughs> uh, one of the guys from Boondock Saints or whatever as this albino kid with electricity powers. <laughs> and it was directed by a dude who went to jail for pedophilia in the 80s 
And then he gets out and he's literally still directing films to this day. He did right. the, the shitty Jeepers Creepers horror movies. Right. Right. He's working on Jeepers Creepers 3 <laughs> right now. And this well, dude did time. He well, was in prison. Not only did he do time for inappropriately touching, but didn't he also have child pornography? Yes. Or, okay. And he only did three years. He did. He was sentenced to three years. He did 15 months. Dude, what the <laughs> it's, And that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is, it's been unaddressed and it's for so long that it's like, that's why you don't want to like continue to not address these things because they don't go away. Right. And right. then they're just going to keep coming up over and over again. I was going to say, that's also got to be, you know, so discouraging to victims of abuse that they're like, well, why would I say anything? Because they've been accused of this so many times and nothing has ever happened. Like, I mean, the Absolutely. fact that like Roman mm. Polanski and Woody Allen are still making movies is a pretty big indication of that. Well, and what I was going to say was my favorite fucking uh, like news article of all of these was the, the headline, you know, Woody Allen weighs in on Harvey Weinstein. I think he's being treated unfairly. Like, who gives <laughs> right. a shit what Woody Allen thinks about this? Why are you reporting this? Dude, seriously, you talk about this being the broken stair theory, and I'm thinking about like the whole entertainment news industry as like some Indiana Jones shit broken stairs where it's like you don't even think you're going to get across this bridge shit because everything <laughs> looks broken as fuck, <laughs> dude. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that all know. of Hollywood is the. <laughs> The dangling, busted ass, like rope bridge. Rope, it's like a rope. Dangling, busted just... ass rope bridge theory. You heard it first on Liquid Flannel. It just right. rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like it's gonna catch on. I I feel I feel an episode title coming through. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a really shitty hashtag though. It takes up like half of your characters. Oh yeah, well, it, it, um, only half as shitty as. I'm still with the person that right. didn't want to be here or whatever we came up with. <laughs> right. Hashtag standing outside a broken telephone booth with money in my pocket, mm. you know. So good. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a little primitive radio god right. shout out that's for, one of the, that's for one all of the... my over 35 crowd out there. So. <laughs> that's one of the albums I got in my Columbia Records house. <laughs> yes, dude. I, I should have belonged to that CD club. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh man let's take a break there and yeah, come oh, back with, uh, with some more hotness some more topics yeah <laughs> look there it is forbidden let's go back no let's get the jewels forbidden the game's forbidden bridge dare to cross forbidden bridge but if the angry idol shakes it you can fall to your doom first to grab the idol's jewels and get to safety wins but beware forbidden bridge is forbidden so the Republicans' next plan is to try to pass uh, some kind of a sweeping tax reform. And there was this article that uh, NBC published titled, The GOP Tried Trump-Style Tax Cuts in Kansas. What a mess. And the, the thrust <laughs> of this article is that when you slash income taxes in and uh, like pass through income for corporations and um, allow corporations to continue to take all sorts of tax breaks for all sorts of stuff, uh, it turns out to be really bad for your budget and you end up having to cut all of the social programs, like all of them. Right. Like learning in <laughs> right. general. Absolutely. You know. Especially when you've got – uh, them saying basically the idea is, hey, once you cut all these taxes, 
all the businesses are going to be like, oh, if I p- make my business in Kansas, you know, I don't have to pay any taxes. Like, I should just I move can keep to more money. Right. right. I get to get, make more money in Kansas, except you're in Kansas. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, you know, it's not it, it's not that great. It's not a huge population hub. You're not necessarily attracting the talent because you're destroying the entire state's economy. And people are like, well, I don't want to move there for right. my job because, like, I heard their schools are all getting closed because they don't have any funds. You know, there's fields out there, but they this is like the reverse field of dreams. It's like if you slash it, they will come. Right. And it's like nobody came. <laughs> you know, these are the fields of nightmares. <laughs> well, that's another good title. Man, <laughs> I'm just coming. I'm coming up with great titles all night. But yeah, you know, I mean, the article's crazy. It kind of started making me think about Nebraska because there's a couple graphs in there and it shows uh, Kansas's neighbors in terms of non-farm employment growth and real GDP growth. And so it's got, you know, five states there, Missouri, Arkansas, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma. Kansas is second to last in non-farm employment growth and dead last in real GDP growth. Well. Nebraska is third to last in non-farm employment <laughs> <Sure>. growth. <laughs> and then uh, it's doing okay. It's number two in real GDP yeah. growth. Miss- Missouri's down there too, though, in the, right. in the Kansas zone. Right. But the thing is, we can't be just giving away the farm, <laughs> pun not right. intended, to these corporations that really aren't going to come in here because they're like, it's a bunch of hicks out there. They ain't going to do shit. You know, they, they can't do skilled jobs. Just kidding. But I mean- <laughs> it's like we, we just Nebraska just lost. Uh, I think it was the Toyota proposed right. we dealership. We talked about that at the show actually right. yeah. as a high note one time, <laughs> crushing our high notes again. <laughs> right? Seriously, we're like, hey, we might get this one. This might be the thing. Everything's gonna be okay, guys. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know, we really need to stop uh, making fall- predictions because every time we predict a thing on this show, it comes out the worst. <laughs> it's we're the monkey's paw of the like political process here. The uh, the the thing that it, it that surprises me of of why Kansas has become kind of this case study for it is uh, we've known forever that austerity doesn't work and that it's a bad thing, and they, right. there are criticisms of austerity like as far back as you want to go. But I think what it shows is ultimately Democrats uh, cannot criticize Republicans from a point of, of the left that that has this history of criticizing austerity because the Democrats want it too, just to a lesser extent and want a little bit more social safety net. Right. right. So I think that's what's right. been interesting to me about yes. kind of hearing the story bubble up is like we've known it doesn't work, at least on the left. Right. Well, what about this? Very I mean, good point. there's there's even a quote in this article from uh let's see, Alan Cobb, the president of the Kansas Chamber of Commerce, that the the Kansas tax experiment wasn't given enough time that they increased sales taxes at the same time they they were cutting income taxes or or not too long after then. I mean, that's that's the definition of a regressive tax policy. You you take <laughs> right. you take the tax burden away from income and put it on uh, consumables. Well, and you've got, at the same time, what the Republicans are now saying that they want to kind of do on a national level is very similar. 
And there, of course, the question is like, well, what are you going to do with all that lost revenue? Like, how are you going to make right. up for that? And Gary <laughs> Cohn, the economic director for Trump, is like, well, we're looking at a gas tax. It's like a gas. Like, are you yeah. crazy? Like that used to be the attack of on Obama being like, Obama, these gas prices are too yeah, high. Sure. Is, you know? this, is this Mr. Johnny got to fly my girlfriend to Fort Knox and uh, also look no, at the eclipse? Or no, that that's, a uh, oh, that's Steve Mnuchin? Uh, Suicide Squad oh, producer Mnuchin. <laughs> Mnuchin right? Okay. Okay, I see the picture of Mnuchin. I'm but like, they're what buddy, the fuck? they're all buddy buddy. They're both Goldman Sachs guys, oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah. too, which is crazy. Yeah, they they've got that primo jet fuel but gas, Brendan, you, you so they don't to have to really worry about a gas thing tax. That if you were to propose a gas tax as a way to make up for lost revenue when you cut taxes for the rich, then people applaud it. But if you do it for another reason, say an environmental, we need to cut down on. Uh, carbon emissions in <laughs> right. the country then it's this you thing that tree only huggers. Uh, like Muslim fascists right. uh, communists whatevers do tree huggers yeah pro-Chinese economy <laughs> right. like s- dissidents or whatever so it's pretty messed up <laughs> yeah well, I, I, go ahead I think the I mean the whole tax situation seems like such a cluster and i mean it, it seems like they're almost desperate enough that they'll probably just pass like anything that they cobble together yeah. just because they're so desperate to just pass anything but i mean it really just seems like even if you want them to succeed they clearly have no idea what they're doing i mean they're out there right now saying like well maybe we'll cut the tax where you like get to deduct like the money you put in your 401k or whatever <laughs> right. and it's like what? Like, what right. are you even talking yeah. about? I mean, their their whole position is so indefensible because they're like, well, we got to cut corporate taxes too. Like, well, right. you know, these corporations are out here suffering. But also, did you see the jobs numbers are so great and the stock markets right. at an all time high? Like, I'm the best president ever. Right. But we need these tax cuts, guys, because right. America is suffering. Because that's the it's, real way what? that we can transfer wealth down to the worker is through these tax cuts <laughs> for the corporation. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's how it always works. Because everybody knows when a corporation has more money, what they immediately do is give everyone a raise. Right. Well, now this one dude in the uh, in the article here, Stephen Moore, the economist from Conservative Heritage Foundation, probably the first time he's ever been called a dude, <laughs> by the way. But uh, you know, his his counterpoint is that North Carolina is an example of a place where the population and economy have both grown in recent years, while the state has slashed income taxes. So he's like, you know, there's a bunch of other factors to do with Kansas. So, hey, it worked in uh in North Carolina, <laughs> but I don't know. That's be- that's because of all the Michael Jordan jerseys selling that year, so he doesn't necessarily right. know what the truth is. So, you know, I think it could be tied to that, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know if they do get away with somehow squeezing this through in spite of all this evidence, what do you think happens? I mean, we already know what's going to happen to us, but <laughs> You know, is it, I'm asking what's going to happen in terms of any kind of accountability, any kind of lessons learned from people. I mean, Kansas is literally like the Wild West now when it comes to any kind of economic prosperity yeah, I mean, or whatever. The, the Wild West also <laughs> took place during the Gilded Age, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, before the Dust Bowl. I, I think <laughs> so. a, a kind of right. good, uh, a surprisingly telling quote was when Steve Mnuchin said 
it's very hard not to give tax cuts to the wealthy. And, <laughs> and I think the, the Trump administration like, has been me. so accidentally honest about, you know, like, yeah, it is it is hard right. not to give tax cuts to the wealthy. A lot of presidents do it. And uh, and right. Yeah, it turns out they kind of run the show. I mean, you you are kind of taking marching yeah. orders from a group. And, uh, right. and even you mentioned Gary Cohn earlier. Gary Cohn has the best quote to come out of the Trump administration, in my opinion. He said, like, only idiots pay the estate tax when when uh, the estate tax was the thing being debated. Right. And it's just like these people, you know, <laughs> tell the truth sometimes in this very strange way. <laughs> that that really shows what's going on right like if you can just kind of dig a little bit beneath it or kind of you know read it a little bit more cynically read between right. the lines yeah. well i heard a i heard a similar statement from some ranchers that i knew in montana about the estate tax that it's actually not that hard to avoid the big estate tax ding if you structure your estate right you can You'd make it a corporation and then you give shares to your kids over years because you've got every year you can do a a, a tax-free gift to a direct offspring. And over time, you kind of give them the you give them the farm. And so it's the only thing that it affects is things that you can't corporatize, which is literally just like stock holdings and um like money sitting in a bank account, you know, and anybody who has land that they want to pass on the, the way that they scaremonger, like farmers, you're not going to be able to give your estate to your kids and they're, they're going to have to sell the farm after you die. Right. That's all. I mean, when you've got real property, that's pretty easy to take care of actually. <laughs> uh, like, right. I don't want the shit. Right. Like I, I think I, I forget if it was MSNBC or CNN, but I was watching cable news recently and an advertisement came up for literally what you just described. And and that was the scenario that they were describing. Basically it wasn't a farm, but I think it was a house and uh, a very old man was like, what the, the estate tax, like this is going to ruin my children. And (laughs) right. Help. I've fallen. I can't give my estate to my kids. And, uh, uh, you know, and then a, a, a lawyer or an accountant, I forget exactly what the advertisement was for but kind of swoops in and is just like we can help you out here like you know we can take care of the estate tax don't worry about it <laughs> did they come in through the window it, uh, <laughs> just crashes right in they got like the zorro mask on shit that's fucking chill <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah uh and shout out to jay showquist i was just gonna shout out at jay showquist three for uh, sending us this article, by the way, uh, oh, yeah, he sent totally. me the article on Monday. But yeah, we appreciate it. I mean, there's there's a lot yeah. to talk there, to talk about there. Uh, I I do want to yeah. move on briefly uh, to close out this segment. Yes, um, let's talk about immigrations and customs enforcement, or ICE, and how they are really making the state of Texas proud tonight. Um, <laughs> we've gotten gotten a report that they plan to abduct and deport this uh 10 year old girl who when she comes out of the hospital for something having to do with i think cerebral palsy they're gonna send her back to mexico so oh man i mean 
I, I just want to play, you know, and I'm proud to be an American because at least I know I'm free. <laughs> right. I feel so much. Don't you feel a little bit safer tonight knowing that that dangerous criminal is off the streets? Oh, you man. Know? You know, seriously. <laughs> sapping up all my free health care. <laughs> right. Oops. Oh, wait. We don't even have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, I mean, it's. My it's, premiums just went up. I mean, Sucker. it's insane that literally their message at, at the same time that they're saying like, well, look. When a guy shoots uh, up a crowd and, like, shoots 500 people, like, that's just the price of freedom, right. you know? Dude, seriously, but, you're free to die. you know, when there's a when there's a sick 10-year-old uh, and she, you know, has to go to a hospital, so she's on immigration's radar, like, you got to wrap that up because America's safety is at yeah, stake. Sure, you seriously. know what I mean? It, uh, and then you got Trump coming out today saying, uh, hey, if we build the wall... It's going to fix the opioid crisis or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. You and know. it's like, uh, how exactly is uh, that? He's like, no, don't think, don't, no don't think too hard to about that it. Man. Or to any of his supporters either. You know, the only thing to explain to them is just watching their family die over needless bullshit. The ones who are, the ones who are actually going to burn in the, the deepest burning pits of hell are the people who surround Trump who actually do genuinely know better, but they go along with what he's doing anyway because of career oh, john kelly that's ideology. what you mean <laughs> right fuck that dude speaking anyway. well speaking <laughs> of republicans saying accidentally the truth lindsey graham when uh, so this week was so crazy so first trump's feuding with bob corker nonstop, calling him little bob corker <laughs> on the day he's supposed to go to the senate and beg for their votes on taxes right on the same day, he's feuding with this guy. And then right. right after the meeting where he begs for their votes for taxes, which he didn't even do. That's what he was supposed to do. Right. He just talked about his electoral college victory again or whatever <laughs> to like, the Senate like they don't know. Look at this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> and so he he comes out and then Jeff Flake goes on a tear and says, I'm not running for re-election so that yeah. I could say that Trump is the worst human being that I've ever spoke to in my right. entire yeah. life. And and Mr. then you're Tea like, Party, well, do, you mean, do you mean he should be impeached? And he's like, well, let's not go crazy. Look, I, I, I support <laughs> everything he does. I'll just, still vote just, for whatever he puts in front of me. Does it? Yeah, right. I, I vote with him ninety two percent of the fucking time. Right. Why but, can't you just be more like George W. Bush? But my children are watching. Be terrible, but be kind of folksy and charming yeah. about it. Uh, Seriously. But I mean, it's it's so crazy that he. He's not even doing the bare minimum of what you would expect if he wanted anything to happen. I mean, he's not even trying on the wall. He talks about the wall or whatever all the time. But it, it yeah, it just it just doesn't make any. It just doesn't. Well, make I any don't sense. know, man. I mean, no. they they are testing out some of those uh, the prototype wall segments down in uh, down there by like San Diego. Uh, NPR right. was reporting on it, and you know, some of them are just concrete and some of them are concrete with uh like upright steel pylons and i'm really glad that i right. spent five minutes of my life listening to npr going like okay they're, so they're testing out some shit but still broader context guys this thing's never going to get built you couldn't possibly build it like every section right. of this every five foot section of this wall costs 150 fucking thousand dollars wait hold on did any of those wall prototypes have any kind of see-through capabilities that Donald <laughs> no, Trump specifically no, so. talked about, and, and they certainly didn't have they certainly didn't have uh, any like solar panels attached to them. Okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking: if you're a cartel member and you listen to that speech where Trump's like, "Dude, 
They could just throw a 50 pound bag of weed over someone's head. They need to have see through walls. Well, now if I'm a cartel dude, he's like, they're not going to be looking for opioids in a 50 pound bag of weed. I could still throw that over the wall. And now the opioid uh, epidemic is back in the US. Foiled us again. Dude, I feel like sometimes I should be a cartel consultant or something. I used. I used to think I should teach him how to drive in the U.S. so that it wasn't like the following too closely tag right. that yeah, they man, always well, get busted uh, I mean, for. Brush so. up your LinkedIn account. I'm sure that they're on there looking for hashtags. These are professional organizations. Dude, you know, right. this this is uh, late stage capitalism <laughs> at its finest. This is, this is the job creation that the wall is creating, man. I mean, it's it's, right. it's good for everybody, but That's it's right. a win-win. Two things I produce, podcast titles <laughs> And cartel strategy. Oh, man. None of us is ever going to be able to get a job again. Uh, you know, we, we host Antifa. We host Muslims. We talk Don't about worry. I work in for, HR. Uh... <laughs> right. Well, right. I mean, I, it's clear that the Trump administration doesn't even check your credentials or whatever anymore. Oh, sure. Because no. they're just, you know, hiring unqualified people like left and right. The, at the same day, he's out trying to declare the opioid crisis an emergency. He tried to appoint like the guy who got like the most opioid like lobbying money yeah, in Congress or right. whatever to head up the like drug to actually constrict the DEA's ability of enforcing shit. Which basically resulted in like opioids flooding like West Virginia and a whole bunch of places. So, you know what? Uh, Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I'm so unemployed that I, I seriously entertained for the, for only a second or two looking at like the Trump job listings, just like out of kind of curiosity, because I think they're scraping in the bottom of the barrel to hire, you know, someone who posts the things that I do on Twitter. Oh, dude, absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, dude, and heard, you'd be pretty competent, I right. can tell. I heard Melania <laughs> is having a lot of trouble finding people to design her outfits because so many uh, fashion designers are like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want my name anywhere near two, this mess. <laughs> like My two favorite interests. Yeah. Oh, dude, Just we need to get in touch for the next election. We got to come up with some liquid flannel shirts. And also some stickers. I mean, I think, I think that so. if, if anything, <laughs> the Trump presidency has proved that politics and fashion are almost the same thing. Oh heck yeah! I mean, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's almost like too you have fitting to be that, that he's president. The number of people that predicted it and <laughs> joked about it right. and thought that it was so absurd. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna elect the literal gold toilet guy <laughs> to the highest right. office in the land. <laughs> Right. Well, right. And a story recently came out that he spent like almost two million dollars redecorating the Oval Office or whatever. Well, I thought that oh, was yeah. interesting. Uh, no, furniture. Somebody else pointed out that Obama also spent it was like one and a half million dollars refurbishing the Oval Office. So apparently that's a I believe thing. that apparently is over eight do. years, though. That is over t- over eight. America, years. America. If you vote for me, I will get right. all <laughs> IKEA stuff, <laughs> right. and it will literally. It'll it'll cost you thirty thousand dollars, and you will feel like you will feel that money back. Yeah, in your I don't pocket. need that resolute desk. Right. I'm gonna do the uh, like the dormitory thing where it's a bunch of two by fours held up between cinder blocks. <laughs> yeah, a nice little nook. Like it's gonna know. be a loft. <laughs> That's in the all I need. 
Absolutely. Oh, dude. Bunk beds. <laughs> dude, that's going to be great. <laughs> With like a futon one at the bottom oh, because yeah. we save space. Dude, if Bernie We're Sanders gets elected, he's just going to replace like all the furniture in the White House with like cinder blocks and two by fours. <laughs> ah, dude. <laughs> and bird cages. Oh, man. <laughs> right. He's got to he's got to prove that he actually did like that bird contrary to what people have been yelling at each other about on Twitter all week. Right. Yeah, dude, it is crazy that this is my, one of my favorite Trump facts. He's like the first president in over 100 years to not have ever had a pet in his entire life. Really? Never. Oh yeah, that's right. I was just about he to probably say did does, and does, fucking has killed he it. Never had a pet. <laughs> covered I, it up. I know he doesn't have one now, but like What's his history with pets? He doesn't. Yeah, not only <laughs> man, I've never yeah, seen. Yeah, not only does he not have one now, he has a never dog or a cat or no. anything. He's he, a huge germaphobe, and he hates he hates animals. Oh, I, I could I could imagine his parents probably offering him a pet, and then him seeing it shit once and being like, "I'm done with <laughs> right? this." You right. Know? Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, that reminds me of a thing that I read today that uh, one of the reasons he talks the way he does, even though he he did get a an upper crust education is because when he was a kid, none of the other kids wanted to hang out with him. So what he ended up doing was hanging out with a lot of the construction workers on his dad's construction projects. Right. Oh, man. Just fully immersing yourself in rape culture and, like, <laughs> right? you know, cat-calling women and I mean, shit, not, to, not to disparage every, like, blue-collar construction worker, but... You can kind of trace a no. line with some of his attitudes, I think. But you yeah, know that you picture too. the dudes from that $5 foot long subway commercial, except they're not dancing. They're freaking, you know, yelling like body right. image, body negativity right. shit to women. <laughs> you know, hey, sweet <laughs> ass, you know, like <laughs> that, that. I'm picturing Donald Trump as an eight year old. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, you got the. The the joke is that his whole personal aesthetic, taking it back to fashion, is like if a poor person had a billion dollars and right. and then it starts to kind of make sense. It's like, you know, he's hanging out with a bunch of dudes who are like, man, if I had your dad's money, I would cover literally everything in motherfucking gold. And he was like, this guy's really cool. I should totally do yeah. that. Dude, this guy says all the right things. Yeah, for sure. Well, isn't isn't his uh, his his like bodyguard is from like he's known him forever, right? Isn't his bodyguard kind of like that guy? Oh, he quit. No, that dude. Qu that dude quit. What? That dude quit. Yeah, that was the dude he had deliver. That was the dude he had deliver. Comey's resignation to him by hand was his personal oh, that's right. bodyguard. And then a couple weeks ago, that dude was like, I can't take this anymore. I wonder who he had deliver his resignation. Did he have like a lesser bodyguard or his own? Like, he probably like or did he just have like a homeless guy? I mean, who would you made, deliver that he shit? He probably made like Reince Priebus do it or something. <laughs> Stephen Miller, he probably he he made that dude recite it in the most annoying right. he way. He was like, possible. "Gorka, can you give this to this guy in your way out, <laughs> right. please?" Oh, speaking of Gorka, did you hear about him this week like Talking about black Africans are the real problems with violence in this country awesome. or some oh, by shit. The, by the bushel full or whatever, right? right? <laughs> Dude, I would love, man, he's right because it's like, if I was in a room with him, like black rage <laughs> would probably just seep out of me. Like, and it would be like the most gratifying thing in my life, you know? So and The thing is, Gorka is a literal cartoon character. So even if you like 
slammed him on the head with something, it would just cause his head to stretch out in funny directions. <laughs> and then he'd have like Dude, the little birds. He would just get those birds going <laughs> yeah. around to the top. He would right. just be like, by yeah. Juve. Right, seriously. <laughs> he'd be like, this is not cricket. You know. Gorga's the one that's a, a he's a literal Nazi, right? Like, like, like we we can obviously right, you know yeah. say to what extent Trump embodies Nazism, but like Gorka's like the guy that dresses up as like an SS guy, right? Like card carrying member. Well, he's like I'm wearing my father's uniform because I'm just trying to honor my father. Right. And you're just like, okay, my father yeah. who belonged right, to mean- an actual Nazi like sect. <laughs> No, yeah. right. I mean, it, dude, it makes perfect sense that he would fit right in with, like, apparently Trump, who's, like, called the Confederacy, like, our glorious <laughs> heritage. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Singing Dixie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, yeah. what do you say? Uh, that, that seems like as good a place as any to wrap up that segment. And uh, yeah. do it. Oh, yeah, do yeah let's get out of maybe? this shit. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. So my first question is, are you guys ready for the amount of heat? that'll be coming your way with this i'm talking victory bro <laughs> you've got to see that movie not victory like what we're about to do politically all <laughs> over this country i'm talking victory like if you want to see a movie i guess we were talking about movies where you're fighting the nazis and some of them are cliche watch victory known as escape to victory outside the u.s this is a soccer film it's a soccer film starring sylvester stallone okay and pele <laughs> pele the soccer legend was in this movie sly doesn't strike me as a soccer player i believe he's the goalie not too many spoilers but yes uh there's there's <laughs> there's some situations i mean basically it's a is loosely based off of a game where a team that was predominantly Jewish played against a Nazi team in the World War II era. But so in the movie, it's a team made up. So it's Hoosiers just with the Hitler youth. Exactly. (laughs) Are they Jewish in Hoosiers? (laughs) No. And what's fucked up about Hoosiers is that the team that they were playing against was based on the first ever integrated team in Indiana. So it's like, who are you rooting for in this movie? In real life, my dad went to the school that Hoosiers was playing against. That team was an all-black team, actually. Right, and they won, holy shit, and they won a uh, state championship the next two years after Milan High. I was gonna <laughs> say like three years in a row, right? And the legend Oscar Robertson played for that team, and he was considered better than Michael Jordan back in the day. And people still have that argument. Yeah, that's a little history for your. So own. we're throwing Hoosiers in the not woke column. No, it's it's <laughs> yes. half woke. I mean, but it's not trying at all to be woke. It, in fact, it's being woker than the period. So to the point of being disgusting a little bit. Anyhow, <laughs> but victory. It's like back in World War II, dudes that were playing for soccer teams and stuff. They had to go fight for their country. Up. Oh, it's time for you to go fight. They had to put off playing soccer and they would play it in these prison camps or whatever, POW camps. And this general's like, wouldn't it be great if we could solve our differences with football? And it's like, <laughs> I bet I could put together a teammate that could, uh, that could take you down. So then it was like the Nazis assembled like this great team to play against these POWs that were former professional players and stuff like that. Sylvester Stallone is trying to find a way to use the game to escape, and you don't know if they're going to escape or play or how good the Nazis are. And it's pretty good. It came out in 1981. 
blast from the past. There you go. If you want to see how they kick Nazi butt in the 80s with a football, (laughs) that's how you do it. In 1942, the Nazis thought they were sitting on top of the world, never suspecting that they could be toppled in one conflict, the most unusual battle of the war. It has been decided that a German national team will play a combined team from the prisoners of war of the occupied territories. That's crazy. Victory. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, Max von Sydow, and introducing Pele. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? I think it's amazing, right? Because Stallone made so many of those ultra-patriotic movies. There was Rocky IV, where it was literally Reagan's wet dream. America punches out the USSR in the boxing ring. And Rambo, which was sort of Reagan's wet dream about, like, what if I didn't have to deal with how we actually lost Vietnam? <laughs> right. So it totally makes sense that they would have a, a corresponding sort of Central American sport-based one, except it was us fighting Nazis. Like, we actually won. We won soccer against the Nazis also. Okay, well, I will say that in the movie, Sylvester Stallone is Canadian. You could just imagine his authentic accent. (laughs) Of course. And Pele is Trinidadian. But the rest of them are pretty much pretending to be Europeans and stuff. A young Michael Caine. That's outstanding. Oh, dude, it's great. You have to watch it. And the jerseys that the POWs wear are bueno. They're awesome. They're amazing. (laughs) Some of the best jerseys ever. I should get one. Speaking of amazing movies, there's a really great movie that we just heard about today because our president, Donald Trump, tweeted a a great free Twitter ad for it. Right, because it's, (laughs) it's produced by his good buddy, Sean Hannity, renowned auteur of film, Sean Hannity. Isn't that guy part of the fake news media? <laughs> right. It's a fake movie. So. <laughs> Is this thank you for your service? Oh, man, I just found out about that one today. I can't believe that the CAA actually went all in on a, a movie that's literally called Thank You for Your Service. <laughs> well, but the twist is that they're like, it's not that great, actually. Uh, there's a lot of veterans issues that are not being solved. Uh, well, right. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. All right, maybe thank you for your services, Woke, but the one that Brendan was wanting to talk about probably isn't. What's this What's this movie? It's probably Awoken like a resurrection or something. <laughs> it's like some Lazarus shit, Brendan. What, what is Explain the title? It. I don't have it pulled up. So this movie is the new Kevin Sorbo vehicle. Kevin Sorbo, who you'll remember was... Hercules on the the old like 1990s TV show um, who apparently is a super born again Christian. Right. He was in God's Not Dead breakout hit based on the email chain letter or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) A little background on that. God's Not Dead was about a atheist philosophy professor at a a liberal Jew run college. (laughs) He was super atheistic to the extent of, I think, actually beheading people in the front of his class if they said that they were people of faith. But then at the end of the movie, he gets hit by a car in his dying moments. One of the kids that he excommunicated from the religion of science comes up and is like, do you want me to do last rites? And he's like, oh my god, God is totally real. The kid goes, what if God's not (laughs) dead like us? Right. Well, and the twist is that literally the God loophole is that if right before you die, you're like, oh my bad, God, uh, heads up. 
and then he's like, oh, you God, you asked for the forgiveness or whatever. So like all those murders you did, like you said Jesus three times. Come on, yeah, come Jesus, on Jesus, in. Jesus. But this new movie is very different. Right. Uh, this new one is called uh, Let There Be Light. And do we know much about this movie other than Donald Trump? promoted it because Sean Hannity produced it. Well, stop me if you've heard this one. I believe that Kevin Sorbo plays a grumpy atheist <laughs> professor <laughs> who learns a lesson that God is totes awesome. Hashtag God rules on right. Twitter, everybody. Oh, dude. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's going to be a summer blockbuster. As far as I've been able to discern, the plot of this film is he's a he's a professor who kind of advocates for, like, Jesus should have been aborted. I mean, that's literally a joke among, like, if you're so in favor of women's rights, you probably think that, like, Jesus should have been aborted, which I've never seen in the wild. I've never seen anyone sincerely say that until this film. If that is the plot of the movie, it is hilarious because Jesus should have been aborted or whatever. It's like, yeah, man, that would have been horrible. Like, can you imagine somebody would want to kill Jesus? Like, what kind of sick person <laughs> would want Jesus to die? Oh, wait, what actually happened to Jesus? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I never actually finished that book. Right. Uh, it's really long. I'm oh, just saying the, the resurrection is a little bit less impressive when it's an infant. <laughs> like, literally can't, like, walk around and talk to people and be like, Peter, you doubted me three times, but look at this. Right. It's like Boss Baby. <laughs> the IMDb plot synopsis of this film, because it literally doesn't have a Wikipedia page yet, which I thought was impossible. For all his far-reaching fame, Sol Harkins, the world's most famous atheist... Because that's a thing. Oh, dude. Is a lonely soul and a lousy part-time dad. After a near-death experience challenges his simplest assumptions about this world, Saul finds his purpose and reimagines his life in a film that will make you laugh and cry and want to stand up and cheer. Clinically dead in the ambulance for four minutes. It's a miracle. I saw Davy. Well, all I wanted to do was just, I wanted to put my arms around him. I don't know what to do with it. You've gotten the best scientific explanation. It hasn't brought you any comfort. Would you consider consulting a different source? Jesus gets whacked, right? Well, I've never exactly heard it put that way, but yeah. Follow me here. This ain't brain surgery. Did you know in that film that world's most famous atheist is actually an elected position? <laughs> I'm just calling it. We'll see. I don't remember registering for a primary for the vote on who's the world's most famous atheist. Well, because if you were registered independent, you weren't allowed allowed to vote. Party <laughs> politics, man. It's awful. Sorry. Registered agnostic. Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait till this movie makes about like fifteen dollars at the box office, and then they like. Well, no, that's the thing. That's that's what's really ugly about this, right? So, God's Not Dead had a budget of like seventeen hundred dollars. And it ended up grossing oh, like true. $60 million at the box office because what they do is they'll buy tickets in bulk from for, like for old churches folks or homes. whatever, right? And then that's your outing for the day. You The mega church, right? <laughs> you drive down there and you watch God's Not Dead. And then every once in a while, Dinesh D'Souza comes by on a book tour and he's like, oh, I liked that movie too. Oh, man. Well, you got to do something to counteract all those atheist movies out there. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. can anybody like literally name one movie about atheism? 
Well, no, we we talked about that on a a previous episode, right? The criticism of the new Alien movie and how it's actually about atheistic message of materialism and that, like, men and women are actually equal to each other. Huh. That's the Alien movie? (laughs) (laughs) Alien, what's that new one? Covenant, I think, where one of the big messages, apparently, according to, like, Focus on the Family, (laughs) is that that movie, because aliens impregnate men, it's saying that, like, Women aren't mm. special, that men and women are equal oh. in a bad way. What a twist. Force feminization from aliens, dude. That's about as liberal as it gets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the future liberals want. <laughs> right. I had no idea that the alien movies were feminist propaganda, but I guess it makes sense now. Dude, seriously. I, for one, hail our robot suit feminist overlords. Really? <laughs> I'm ready for the robot takeover for Dude, sure. Dude, how sexist of you to vote for a robot see? over a woman. <laughs> Did you see they gave they gave a robot woman citizenship in Saudi Arabia? I heard about that. Are they going to allow her to drive or some shit? Or Dude, the, that's the joke is that Saudi Arabia made a robot and they unveiled the robot. And the robot looks kind of female, but it's not wearing a headscarf. Which if you're out in public, you have to wear a headscarf in Saudi right. Arabia. And they're like, this robot literally has more rights than, than women right. in Saudi Arabia. It's yeah. a robot. I mean, that's the future that Trump wants, I think. Dude. I just Googled it because I saw like little bits and pieces of it, but I wanted to catch up with it. And the first headline that comes up is so good. It says, a robot that once said it would, quote, destroy humans what just became the first robot citizen. <laughs> what's the deal with this like does this robot have artificial intelligence or was it just like regurgitating some <laughs> shit it heard like a parrot no no that doesn't exist now of course it's just regurgitating whatever somebody feeds to it that one twitter bot that that launched or a chat bot or something and w- it, it was supposed to be this big learning algorithm and within hours it had learned to say like Hi, I'm I'm Stacy. I hate the Jews and yes. like all black people should die. That was a Microsoft. I can't. It had such a stupid name. I wish I could remember it. But oh, yeah, so they good. launched it. But literally, the way the bot was programmed was just, hey, start tweeting stuff at this bot, and then it'll learn how to talk by all the stuff that you tweet at it. Did you really not? Right. Did you did you not think about that for like <laughs> a 15 minute meeting that you were like, all right, guys, it's time to go live with the chat bot. Like, are we sure we thought through every scenario here? Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but- it's all good. They, they can't think of that shit up in those, like, <laughs> high-rise boardrooms and stuff. I mean, they're just not in that world. They're in a different level. So. Well, yeah, it's because the people who plan the technology that we use never use the technology that we use. And that's so well, they, obvious from every single social network that you could possibly be on. Or they never have interacted in that technology with Joe Blow from frickin' kansas or arkansas or nebraska or whatever you know it's like they're like wait what so there's racism on the internet so you're saying that maybe the ceo of one of those companies should like go on a midwest tour and see the real america or something dude seriously except it's like undercover boss but undercover racist if they did an undercover boss episode with zuckerberg it would be the greatest episode of all time oh, dude. i can just picture him wearing like a cartoony guy on the the pizza box like italian mustache trying to 
hang out like in the back room of a diner. Like, are are you telling me that your your hamburger patties don't get <laughs> delivered by drone? <laughs> there was a clip of Zuckerberg giving a talk or a Q and A somewhere, and this some girl said like, "Oh, like what's a mistake you made or something like that." And he was like, look, I make mistakes just like everybody else, you know. To make a mistake is human, and I used to be human. Or, like, I still <laughs> I still am, but, like, you know, I'm changed now or whatever. I'm a, I've grown. I'm made. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. Oh, he let it slip. Like, it was an accident. But you're almost like, if he was a secret robot, that's just what would throw us off the trail you know what i mean making a, oh, a yeah. folksy joke about how i used to be a human being <laughs> man isaac asimov wrote about this oh man well that's about as high as in, this high note can get i think <laughs> here <laughs> but yo man uh we wanted to say thanks alex for joining us where can the audience find you again i live on twitter uh <laughs> okay <laughs> he has transcended the old flesh you know long live the new flesh well, shout out that twitter home i am shitshow.info spelled out so dot spelled out on twitter do you have that domain too i it's a very unfortunate story i do not and <laughs> a friend of mine was gonna buy it for me for my birthday he texted me on my birthday and he was like oh you know i was gonna get you your domain name but like it's not available and I was like, what the fuck? Because it, it had been available for so long that I just never bothered. <laughs> and I looked it up, and it's some guy that lives like a half hour away from where I live now. And so I'm, <laughs> if you're listening and you own my domain name, maybe consider just directing it to a tweet of mine or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Otherwise, Liquid Flannel is just going to peel off a chunk of the Patreon to buy shitshow.info back for Alex. That's right. We're going to make this a community right. cause here. <laughs> right after we get liquidflannel.com from that guy posting like old Santa Claus ads. Oh there. yeah, dude. That, that <laughs> was some crazy that stuff. We got to sure. find out if that dude's still alive, man. <laughs> or resurrect him that's just gonna, to get that domain, you know? We got to get Kevin Sorbo on this. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's going to be a great show. We're going to hash out that uh, screenplay pretty soon here. But in the meantime, you could follow us on all of those internets. You can find us on YouTube, follow our Facebook page, Twitter page. You can follow us on... Like us on iTunes. It, it helps get the word out. Like us. Give us a rating on there. Absolutely. We appreciate any feedback whatsoever. And you can follow us individually on Twitter as well. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with the W. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, Alex. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks.